ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sober Sit Down. This is your host, Scotty Stutch. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I think needs to get brought up. It's just people don't have enough acknowledgement about it, not enough education, and it's not, it can never be brought up enough, and that's fentanyl awareness. Uh, there's a war going on in our streets. It's not your traditional style war. It's not how you would envision how you were taught through history class, guns, people from other countries coming on American soil, and us fighting out like military does. This is a war against fentanyl. And today with me, I'm blessed and honored to have a man who is willing to take on that fight and take it all the way to Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, the sheriff, Mr. John A. Light. When you gotta kill, they're at home. When I gotta kill, I'm in the street. I'm Albanian blood. I'm a gangster. I'm a gangster. Little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light. Somebody say, did you kill Johnny Gavin? Who's got her up? Paul G, Nikki Pasquale, Kenny Nicole. Yes, I did. I was loyal to the mob. They betrayed me. I'm Albanian blood. Not a gang, need my hand like I'm Johnny. I just did the sober sit down with Scott. Hey, what's going on? Howdy, thanks everything? for coming down. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me here. John, a little bit different up in Pennsylvania than it is in Florida. A little cold, isn't it? Yeah. You know what? I'm used to this area. You know I got a lot of friends here, too, in this area. So, you know, it's uh, it's uh, kind of cool to be up here and, you know, and see some of my friends while I'm up here. My cousin's with me. He'll be coming in in a, in a little while, my cousin Steve, so. He's in the, the car business with me, KCL, that we talk about a lot on my show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and as you guys, as you know, I'm, uh, I'm that's how I just started doing. I'm in the car business myself. It's a great field to be in. You know, everybody needs a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, John, I got to say, you know, I started this whole podcasting thing back in July. Larry Mazza was my first guest, as you know, Larry. Great man. Um, gave me a first opportunity. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, you're running a sobriety channel, but, you know, you got all these guys that were in the life and stuff like that. And, I mean, I don't know who tells a better story than somebody that was in the life and never went back to the life. So, I mean, yeah, I do have a lot of people that come on from the life, but it's uh, it's because who tells a better story than that? Well, let me first say that Larry's a gentleman. He's one of the guys from my past life. I don't got a lot of respect for a lot of guys from my past life from the guys that left the life and the guys that are in the life. And people know why I say that. I just, a lot of them uh, are living off that, that life where we went past it. And we don't want to talk good about that life. 
it's part of our life, but it's it's nothing good to pass on to another kid. But when someone's asking you about us, guys from the street talking about the life, who knows better than us, the streets? Who knows better than us, the drug business? Who knows better than us, the hustle? So we're giving you a true perspective from guys who are actually in, in that life and we're moving drugs and understand what, what's going on with the kids' mentalities. So, you know, when you get a politician talking about, they're clueless. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, they, they're guys, and that, that, you know, that's why I'm, you know, I'm happy the way I ended up growing up is my parents split up when I was in my early teenage years. And, like, you know, I went from my father was real successful at his business at that point of his life. So he was able to give me and my brother a really good childhood in a nice, rich development. So I grew up a lot of families that, you know, I, I don't want to speak rude because I still I mean, inter interact with a lot of them. Now they have kids my age and stuff like that, and they're great kids. They, they you know, but they didn't live the same life I did because when my parents split up, my father lived in a half a million dollar house and my mother lived in a house in the city that was worth probably $35,000. And I got thrown into the mix of living half in the city and half in the rich development. When I, when I was born, my parents didn't have any money, but as I got older, my dad was successful. I lived that high life for a little while and then I started living the other side of it, going to visit my mom in the city and, you know, wasn't the same people. So I got I got the mixture of kind of both. So I appreciate both sides of the life. But, you know, to get back onto the fentanyl, um, you know, as everybody knows my story, you know, I, I'm going on sober four years now. Um, I was addicted highly to alcohol and I dabbled with some club things back in the day. Um, but more alcohol was my thing. But the thing is, is everybody asked me, why did you, why'd you start a podcast? You know, like what, what got you into podcasting? What got me into podcasting was about two years ago when you had the John and Gene show, I couldn't get to meetings when I was first getting sober. I was a truck driver. I was going up and down the East coast working 18 hour days. I didn't know where I was going to end up at nighttime. So I'd be, you know, I watched you on, um, Valuetainment. I watched the John and Gene show. I started watching some of, you know, um, some of Michael's content. I started watching some all different inspirational content. And yours really stuck out to me and more or less kind of pushed me to where I'm at today to want to inspire others of change. And it's never too late for that change. Well, I think that, you know, when I first started the genre of the mafia on YouTube, nobody was talking about it because people were scared to talk about it. You know, I started talking about it, then you got every... Uh, different guy that would come in and start talking about the street, which they didn't understand the street. Three quarters of these guys talking about the street are just reading something. They're, they're whatever. They want to so-called call themselves some sort of journalist or whatever, a podcaster, but they never lived the street. They really didn't understand it. But I gave them the confidence not to be afraid to go out and do it. So when they started talking about the mob stuff, they talked about the perspective of glorifying it. I talk about it as the rat-infested mafia. The, and that starts off and, and with the history of Lucky Luciano who was got caught selling heroin and ratted. And these are facts of, of the mob. And then you have Albert Anastasia. And I spoke about this the other day about Reels when they threw him off out of the hotel window and flying out of the hotel window as a witness, a murder inc. Uh, Anastasia's best friend was Lepke. So Lepke went on a run and Albert Anastasia ratted him out, walked him right into the, to that. so that's the real history of what goes on. And then you have the continuation, for people that don't know, of every mob boss that ratted, and I go from, like, and I've said this over, 
Joe Messina routed, he wore a wire. Not too difficult to find out where he lives right now. I know where he is. But the Bonanno family does nothing about it. And then you got Sammy Gravano routed. He stands in, in uh, Arizona. Everybody knows he's there. They do nothing about it. John Gotti Jr. routed. They gave him a pass. He's out in Long Island because his father. So there's an excuse why these guys. So you want to be gangsters, but you don't want to go to jail. You just want to play the role as a gangster, but you don't really want to do anything. None of these guys have put pistols in their hand because they don't want to go to prison. They don't want to do the work. They just want to have the image and run around and tell people, or they want to be what I call, I always call myself a lion, right? Because I go against everybody. I stand alone. These guys are weak hyenas. They need 20 and 30 of them to feel they have balls. You'll never see one of them come up to you alone, ever. It's just because they're cowards. They don't really put in the work. So I try to show when I did my mob history, and I do the show, and I still do shows on the mob, but I don't do it on a perspective of, of speaking highly to the mob. I speak the truth. These guys never did no work. I was a very active guy that did a lot of work, and a lot of work by myself. These guys won't talk about that. Now, the bosses of the mafia right now have great lawyers, all of them. I don't, I'm not concerned about what the public thinks. They know exactly what I really did do. Because they, and I look at them and I just look at them as weak individuals that need groups and they have these little minions that run around and go get their car and clean their car and they want that image of the old mafia back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s without really performing. You know, most businesses you got to perform to be successful. This is the only thing you don't have to perform. You just got to get dressed up, run around with 10 guys, smoke a cigar, and pretend that you're a gangster. So you're a good actor is what, what goes on. So I don't have respect for him, and I and I talk the way I talk. I always say, you know, there's no way, you know, the icons like back in the day, um, you know, like Don Carlo Gambino and uh, all some of the guys that went down in, in the greats, with the way technology is nowadays, nobody can pull off what was pulled off back in the day. And, you know, anybody that would want to get into that life right now, just it's, it's going to be a short-lived life. You're going to get caught. If they're going to do something, but they don't do anything. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these guys are running around and doing something dumb shit. Right? Everybody's a bookmaker. Everybody and their mother, every corner is a bookmaker because it's something serious. Uh, every guy that, you know, are doing something stupid with credit card frauds. But they're not gangsters like we were gangsters back in the day. When we were gangsters, that means if you really want to be a gangster, they got 15 rats in the Gambi in the uh, Bonanno family under Joe Messina. They all ratted. So where's the new... Bonanno family, family leadership. Why isn't anybody doing anything while well, Vinnie Gorge has got life in prison? Nobody gives a shit. Vinnie's gone. They don't do nothing. Their excuse is, oh, we, geez, we're, we're a little busy today. We have nothing to do. How come you didn't do your work and go get the guys that, that ratted? Why aren't you doing your work in, a, in the Gambino family and going after Sammy or John? What's your excuses? They got no excuses. This is why there is no mafia. The, the whole Colombo family after the war in the 90s all ratted. The whole family got dismantled. You got the Chin's whole family. After he passed away, you got his grandson and the rest of them. They're all ratting. These guys don't do work. They came and take care of their own inner family. You got Ralph Natale and Philly that ratted, and Leonetti, boss under boss. No one goes, finds them. No one does anything. You had Al, Al uh, Diarco with the Lucchese family prior to that, that, that ratted with that boss. And I'll go on with all these guys, right, from each city, Chucky Porter in, in, Chicago, in uh, Pittsburgh. Nobody's hitting any of these guys. Nobody's hitting the guys besides them. Are at, and nobody's hitting. So what kind of mafia are you? 
You're just a group of mafia, like a gang, that you want to jump a guy when you see him? You want to do it because you're cowards? Because none of you want to go do the, do the time, but you just want to pretend and tell a girl, hey, I'm in a mafia? Because that's basically what they do. They go and run around the, the, the broads and tell them that they're gangsters. I'm a gangster. I don't shoot nobody. I don't kill nobody. I don't stab nobody. Oh, and I don't go to jail. And if I do face five years, I'm going to riot like everybody else. And they wear wires when they're getting straightened out. That's the mafia. Well, you know, I, I expose it. You know, and I know that as long as you're not committing violent offenses and you have some information to give the government, if you're doing all stuff that's just like, like you said, credit card fraud, um, you know, bookmaking, stuff like that, they're going to give you a slap on the wrist and they're going to take all the information you give. You're not going to do no serious time if you're not committing violent offenses. Yeah. They give you, they, they, they cut you a huge break. So that's where it separates, like you said, the wannabes from the real tough guys. Well, you know, there's an Albanian guy that did 30-something years, Alex Rudosh, for people that don't know, I don't, I, I, and I said they made one mistake. These guys went to jail and got 30-something years, basically got set up by the Italian mafia when they went after them. And they all went to prison, his whole crew, for 30-something years, didn't make no money, really. And they made a mistake. You can't go, if the government did something, was very smart, and the street guys should have followed suit. They didn't go after the little peons and the little ants that go get their car and run around and say they're gangsters. Alex should have went after the boss. Anybody that he had a problem with should have went after the bosses, cut their heads off. And that means if you're going to go do 30 years, you might as well have killed the guy because you would have got less time. So instead of chasing after, because there's just too many of these little ants that'll kiss these guys' asses. So you, you should have went after. His biggest mistake, and I was saying, I say, I look through history, is you shouldn't have played around with these guys. You should have went right after the boss. We know who the bosses are. I know where 15 of the bosses live. And, you know, my answer would have been, if I'm still and I had a problem, I'm not going after these guys. No one's going to divert me. I would go right after them and tell them, okay, if I have one more incident with any of you guys, I'm not going to bother with these guys. I'm going to go after the boss. I'm going to hurt the boss real bad or kill the boss. That's what Alex should have did. You know, but I got a perspective because, uh, you know, I lived this life. I lived here. Alex had more of an Albanian mentality, I think, than he didn't understand. I mean, he stayed with the mods, but he didn't understand my guy. I, raised, I was raised with him since I'm three. So I understood what he should have did. And I would never go against them because they were Albanian. I just think that they had balls. The Albanians just didn't have the understanding. Why are you playing around with these guys? You know who the boss is. If somebody jumps one of your guys, you just go to the boss and tell them, if it happens one more time, we're going to be on your doorstep. That's what they should have did to go back to. So I understand the perspective of these guys, and I understand the perspective of, back to your original question, of drugs and fentanyl on the street. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, as far as the podcasting goes, you know, you were the pioneer of the mob genre. I mean, you you brought you brought it to the you brought it to the YouTube platforms, and now it just you know there's like embers left of what's left of it. I mean, most of the guys out there are just telling fake stories. They're glor they're glorifying it, making it more of a Hollywood theme. And then you got the basement trolls that are just coming up with their own content, and they got their other basement trolls watching it, and it just turns into this big whole nonsense thing. So, um, you know, as far, as far as like you know. What got, like, I want to explain to our viewers today, for the people that do know you and the people that don't know you, what got you out of the mob genre and got you onto fentanyl awareness? Because when I was going, when I first went into the mob genre, I was telling some stories, and, and then later on I brought with Felix, the young guy, Levine, that was very close with me still. 
and I brought Gene Borello in, and you know we were telling funny stories and good stories, but we had positive message. We were bringing in doctors of you know for mental health. We were bringing in religious leaders that were going to jails. We were bringing in people that changed their life. We're bringing in ex-drug uh, addicts and alcoholics. And if you look at the people I started bringing in, it wasn't to glorify the life. We did tell some stories and 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 laugh about it and for the, the perspective of people understanding the life before our past and where our future was going. And our future was going in a positive direction, talking against the street because of my knowledge of what everybody talks about. When you get all these guys on shows, I mean, we spoke about this guy, and my cousin's here. He's from Brooklyn also. These Steve, guys never talk. Steve, Steve why don't you come in? Come on, join us. Steve. What's up, brother? What's going on, buddy? How Scott, that's me. Steve, pleasure, man. Thanks for coming in. No, no problem, no problem. Steve is uh, my partner in the car business that we have up here in, in East Stroudsburg. So you mean Steve are PA guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're neighbors. Well, we got a lot of friends up here in, in, in the Scranton area and stuff. But so, you know, when, when we were talking, these guys are talking on the air. It's very easy. It's like me talking about baseball. I was a baseball player, but I wasn't a professional baseball player. Oh, come on in a And I wasn't a professional baseball, but I have a perspective of baseball, but I don't have a perspective as a professional baseball player. So when you got guys talking about the mob, all these guys, they don't, none of them, nobody talks about specifically what they did. They're always telling about, I met this guy, I met this guy, I met that guy, this happened, you know. They're telling bullshit stories. So, you know, I kind of fronted them, and I became the Donald Trump of the mob, right, where I diminished all that bullshit, all these guys, because none of these guys want to talk truthfully and then I started talking about with Gene and we we're talking about the drug issue and I spoke about fentanyl prior to the tragedy in my life of my daughter passing away from fentanyl I started talking about fentanyl because I seen what it was doing I saw that there was uh, uh, an intention to kill our kids this wasn't in a, in a, by accident and our president sits on his hands while China is destroying the world and they don't want to say that. Well, they're killing kids all over the street in China. Now they're locking them up in cities. They're locking cities down. And this isn't a country that's about freedom. This is a country that's about uh, stifling the word of uh, freedom of speech. And you have people in our country, the NBA and different people, that are okay with this because they're making money. They don't care that kids are dying all over the street. They don't care that they're stifling freedom of speech. They don't care that the they're uh, bringing in slavery into China, and they don't care that kids are dying 100,000 a year at a time. Not just kids, adults, family members, everybody are dying. And our president is uh, complacent with it. He's either involved in some way because he's bought, like they say, or he, he's too weak to challenge a Chinese regime that doesn't want to be our competitor. They want to take over the world. They want a one, one world order. They want to be the rules of that, of that world. And we're doing nothing about all these murders. Instead, we're sending money to a country we say is fighting for freedom. And that's Ukraine, which is not a, dem a dem democratic uh, country either. It's not a democracy there. So where's the fight for our country, for our kids that are dying every day, for the people that contact me every day, the kids like my daughter that died because they thought they took a Percocet or they took a Xanax or they took a Adderall to study at school or they did a line of blow and it's got fentanyl in it. Why isn't our politicians forcibly doing anything? Why isn't sanctions against these countries? 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad you know you're touching a lot of things that I you know I I want to I want to speak on behalf about about you know the fentanyl awareness because I just don't think there's enough knowledge out there, John. I mean, I just think that people here and for the longest time I, I'm I'm one of them. I was I was I was an I was an alcoholic, um, a, um, a kid who I was an, I was an active alcoholic with, just passed away three weeks ago from a fentanyl overdose right over here at the bridge, right over right over here. He was you know he he five miles from the studio he lived. Um, you know, and he, I don't know what, I don't know what this, I don't have, I lost touching him over the years when I got sober, but I don't know how he ingested it or what, but I always had the assumption that if you did fentanyl, you were doing heroin. And I don't think people understand that this is where we need to. Fentanyl is a hundred times, 50 to a hundred times stronger than heroin. That's what people don't have knowledge of it. 50 to a hundred times stronger. And you know, I, um, you'll see, I'm going to put a picture up that next to a penny how much fentanyl really it takes for somebody to overdose um and i don't think people understand that you know people could ingest he uh, heroin from you know in putting it on pills it can be in cocaine i mean i've even read in some of the documents that i was i was looking at here that there's actually in some of the bigger cities there's actually police officers or children that actually have touched stuff that had fentanyl in it <laughs> Get an animal bag. Get an animal You're good, for you. You're good. You're good, Forty. You're good. She's breathing. Hey, stay with me, okay? You have to breathe. 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 Is that right? Hey. Did you hit it with both? I know, I know. Did you give her two? Did you give her both? Okay. Yep. Yep. Roll for it. I'm all with it. I got Mike coming. Do what? I got Mike coming, so he can take one. It's all in my truck. And a bag and a paper bag. Everything that I've got in there. Was it open? Uh, it's like a dollar bill. Dollar bill. I gotta try and call people in, in the middle of the night. Hey. Breathe. Come on, breathe. Hit her again. Hey. Rodney, she's not breathing. Hit her again. Is she out again? Yes. Like, I mean, three doses of the Narcan. Can they hurry? I'll be in that exercise, please. Come on, Mark. There you go. About tire shooting shit in your nose, girl. You gotta get up. Let me go grab another one. We got I one. got one. Got one on deck. That's my two. Have you got another one? Okay. Depends on how long it takes him to get here. overdose from it yeah little babies and stuff that were in a house there's a new drug they're mixing it's like ketamine it's it's similar to ketamine it's stronger and they're mixing it with fentanyl now so it even makes it even more deadly 
And somebody like my daughter that had six Narcans given to her, and she got her heart beating, which she never woke up again and passed away. Um, the Narcans don't work for this new drug that they're, they're uh, using with fentanyl in conjunction. It doesn't, it does, takes no effect. So now it's even getting even more dangerous. And you got to say to yourself, is this about what exactly? Is it almost like intentional population control? And we're okay with the coming in and our government. I mean, because this is a war. They're talking about gun violence and shootings in the street and they're trying to take the Second Amendment. You're talking about a half or a quarter percent of killings. And I believe those killings, so you people know illegal killings, gun use is about 15,000 a year, right? Big number, but not a huge number. But when you're talking about fentanyl, you're talking about 100,000 and better, and it's getting worse a year. So why isn't there a fight and war against fentanyl in, in a different manner against China, who has 165,000 chemical labs that are bringing in, bringing in fentanyl to this country, right? So I want to understand why our president, when he met with President Xi in China, didn't even mention it. The first thing President Trump said when he was going to run again is I'm going to go after the cartels in China and I'm going to charge them with the death penalty and life sentences if you get caught selling fentanyl. There's the strong message. So these kids understand whoever's moving this drug that you want to bring war, you want to kill, we're going to kill you too. I just, so the difference between one president standing strong and the other president is standing weak. And, and, and people can say what they want. Our journalists and our, our uh, news outlets they don't say anything. When China's torturing and, and killing these kids in the street, right now during the biggest riots ever in China in 40 years, no one's saying anything. Why not? They're, they're, they're speaking, I thought this country was about freedom. I says, why aren't they saying the way they're killing kids and why they're bringing in this, uh, this fentanyl here? I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I, I was in and out of bodybuilding my whole life. What really boggles my mind as I continue to do research up into this day that we set up this interview, and I've been the more I've been doing research, the more it's been mind-boggling because I don't think that people understand that nobody's educated on this, and this is why it can't be talking about enough about it. Like the FDA approves it, and I mean, I, I know people's argument are going to say, "Well, anything can be tampered with because the FDA controls it because it's regulated because people use it in hospitals and stuff like that." But let me cut you off. What they're approving is hospitalized fentanyl. The fentanyl that's out all over the street is synthetic. It's being it's being made in chemical labs in China, 40 to 50% of it. So 40 to 50% we know is coming from China, but China will not call it a controlled substance because if they do, they got to regulate those 165,000 labs and they'll bring their lab uh, consumption uh, down from 165,000 labs to about 70,000 labs. So right off the bat, there's the money. Then bring in $35 billion, so people understand what this is about, like always. Follow the money. $35 billion they're making in pharmaceuticals in this country. And through the Mexican border, we give them a billion to guard our border to, to stop the drugs and, and people coming in. And if they, don't, if they don't police the border the way they're supposed to, why don't we get private contractors to do it? I guarantee we can do it. Yeah, and if you look, and if you watch the DEA and these people that are, are fighting these wars, then you have these new prosecutors, these George Soros prosecutors that are letting them back out. So it's frustrating for the DEA, it's frustrating for law enforcement, 
and it's frustrating for the good FBI agents because there's some good ones now, but the leadership, Chris Ray and Garland, the AG, they're all, they're against freedom and the people are scared to say this because they're scared they're gonna get attacked the way Donald Trump is getting attacked. Whether you like Donald Trump, you're left, you're right, or you're middle or you're independent, wherever you are, what is going on is a weaponizing and this is no secret. You have whistleblowers in the FBI that are coming out in droves now. You have government officials that are quitting in droves now because of the uh, freedom of speech is being stifled on. You have Twitter that was just bought by Elon Musk that he's going to come out and show the proof of documents that it's being stifled. You have Hunter Biden's uh, laptop that was covered up by our FBI for years, which what's going on here? Why is it? This ain't about politics. This is about a government that's trying to bring us into communism into totalitarianism, as if we are in the Hitler era or we're in Stalin or we're in China with Xi. Why is everybody this stupid that doesn't see what's going on, that they're trying to kill freedom of speech? And along with that is the drugs that are coming in and they're not doing anything. Is it done purposely? Because to me, they're attacking our kids. And, and you know, in every which way they're attacking our kids. With, with the new ideas of kids stay away from parents they're not, they're going against religion, they're talking anti-religion, they're talking anti-American flag. This is our own government doing this. This is not outsiders. And people are, I mean, I, I seen it firsthand. I mean, people are rewarded for not getting married. It's untraditional America. I've watched numerous things with Trump. I mean, I mean, I personally like what Donald Trump did. I'm not Republican, Democrat. I, I look for what's going to be best for the future of America. That's what I look at. Or your individual, I... you want your individual rights. Listen, let's let me let me tell you about the kids in society, right? So you have young kids in society that, like me when I was young, you didn't pay attention to politics. But one thing you know about all kids, they don't like rules. They don't want their parents to tell them what to do because we're kids. All kids did it. We did it. The kids now do it. They think they know more than they know. They don't want parents to tell them what to do. So why would you want bigger government, bigger regulations and tell you what to do? For what reason? Why would you want, well, don't you want personal freedoms? So, you know, the, the number one thing is you want your personal freedom. If I had to come to your house and tell you you got you to wake up at 5 o'clock, you're not going to like that. You know, so why are we putting up with it? The kids are not educated enough to understand the policies. Whether you like Trump or not, let's just talk about it. You go to the gas station now. It costs you double what it used to cost you under Trump. So I don't care who the president is, if it's Trump or Biden, but I want cheaper gas because I want more money in my pocket. When I go to the food store, I want cheaper food. I don't care if it's, again, if it's Trump or Biden, but I want more money in my pocket. So under Trump, food was cheaper. I says, I want res less regulation by the government to tell me what to do. Who do you have more regulation with? Biden and the Democratic Party. So I like Trump. Under Trump, I didn't have to worry about sending our tax money to Ukraine for a country that's not part of NATO, is not fighting democracy like they try to sell, the journalists try to sell on TV. It's not even, they're not journalists. This, this is why people are sick of them, they're fake news. This is a country that had the worst economy in all Europe because of corruption, that had the most child trafficking in any country, it has a, a leader that had 25 chemical labs in their country, and they talked about Ye West, Kanye West, as being a Nazi. But you have Zelensky that has Nazi fighters in 
Ukraine that we don't hear about. That he admitted that he has 20% of his fighters are, are Nazi fighters. But yet we're sending billions of dollars are not accounted for. And that's our money. The money that could go to fight for fentanyl. And, 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 I, and again, we're going to watch because I do feel bad for the people of Ukraine. But I also feel bad for my kid, my daughter that passed away, my other kids and the other kids in this country. So you have to choose what comes first. If somebody comes in a room, so for the people in Ukraine and Russia, somebody comes in for, in a room to shoot us in the head, you're going to save your family first. So all those news people that go up on TV and they talk about this nonsense and don't care about the United States first until it's their family. When their family has a problem like Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, just got cracked over the head, all of a sudden you want to talk about law and order. No, you mean law and order for the rich, not for the kids from my neighbor that are getting killed every day and no one gives a shit about. So when we talk about the inner cities and the, the regular kids, the kids that we grew up with, the way we grew up, no one gives a shit about them. But if it happens to a, a rich person, and I'm not talking about politics now, because they just happen to be political people, but then it's a problem. They want to talk about crime. But those are the same people that defunded the police. So my biggest catchphrase now is not defund the police. I'm pro-police. Defund the politicians. Everybody get used to saying it. Defund these corrupt politicians. Go after them with RICO laws like they go after the mafia in the past. Knock them down, knock their heads off, put them in prison, lock them up for life for everything they're doing, destroying this country. It's a criminal act, and it's an organization. And the deep state is corrupt, and everybody knows it now in this country. We need to defund them. Our elections are garbage with the with harvesting ballots, and we're no different than China, Cuba, and Venezuela. I mean... I don't want I don't want this getting flipped on people that you know these extremists or anything like that. But what we're talking about right now is nothing political other than the truth, and people need to hear it. This is this content for the sober sit down is educational purposes for people to understand the truth. And if you don't want to listen to what we have to say, that's fine. You can keep because there's lots of people out there with the blinders. But my father was in business for 37 years, and it's 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 public knowledge. And I mean, uh, Steve, you're you're a, an independent uh, business owner. It's never been so hard the past couple, the past few years, to run a small business than it has. Sure, my dad got behind on some taxes. Who doesn't? You know, um, you know, it's it's all public knowledge. But all I know is that there's no bigger extortionist. I was in the restaurant industry for two and a half, three years. I mean, I managed his restaurants prior to that back in my twenties. But I got into an entity with him for a short period of time. And I'll tell you, like, you handle a lot of money, but as, as, as it's all distributed out and you're throwing money into taxes and all this other stuff, there's no bigger extortionist than the government. So they can go eat steaks for fucking lunch well, every go, day. Candace Owens just brought it out. The money that was being sent to Ukraine from the, our government is not being accounted for. They took that money and they bought the properties that the Russian oligarchs abandoned. And it's proven. It's factual. And then you have... A woman like Brittany Griner, right? Griner is her name, the, the basketball player that's in Russian jail. I think she got sentenced for 16 years or something like that, or nine years, whatever she got. And she wouldn't stand for the American flag. Now, you didn't want to stand for the American flag. I feel bad that you're in a, a, a Russian jail. They're saying they, they're, they're attacking her verbally and abusing her about her uh, preference of sex. They're talking about uh, racism. They're racist, and she's going to be... I know she's getting abused there. I was in a Brazilian penitentiary. 
So I know, and my Brazilian penitentiary is 20 times worse than what she's had. But factually, this is the facts. I guarantee you, if she started talking now, she understands the American freedoms that she, she got here because of the way she's getting treated in a country there's no freedom. And the people that are talking, the woke that are talking here, and they got, and, and you know, you really believe in what you say? Why aren't you saying anything about Russia? Why don't you fly over to Russia and see how that is if you talk like that in those countries? Let's see how you handle it if they do what they're doing to her or what they're doing to the people in China. Let's see why, you know, the problem I have with all of them is Coca-Cola's in China, right? The NBA's involved in China. They're all involved with China. Meanwhile, they're slaving people. Why are they okay with that? My, my favorite uh, basketball player, uh, that it's got a big mouth uh, from Cleveland. What's his name? Uh, LeBron James. LeBron James. You know, he does a lot of talking. He's a spokesman for China who's slaving people. So, you know, these people only care about their money. They don't care about the, the truth of slavery and what's going on in the world. And, and the same thing with Disney World. Disney is in eight or nine countries that they'll kill you if you say you're gay. They will lock you up. They'll beat you up. So why isn't all these people in the United States here? Why aren't they talking out about that? Force Disney to close in those countries. Force Coca-Cola to stop selling their Coca-Cola to those countries. These are phony people that are talking nonsense because if they really meant what they said, they would go after all these organizations, these other countries, for our country doing business with them. So what's the agenda really? Are they just Soros people who go for Soros? I really don't know what their agenda is, because if their agenda was true, they would attack some of the things they just mentioned. Why is that? Why are they okay with that? Why are they okay with Disney and these other countries? What, if they, listen, I believe in individual rights, so everybody understands that. I believe in gay rights. I, I believe in LGBT. I believe in trans. I believe in all that. You'll get your, your body, do whatever you want with it. And he says, whatever you think is, is good for you, that's it's, it's good it's your life. You should be able to do anything you want. Individual freedom. I don't like when things are pushed on other people and jammed down their throat. Heterosexuality or any other thing. That's none of your business what somebody else does with themselves. Don't push it down their throat. But when you don't stick up for what you believe in, yeah, that's a problem. If you really believe in what you believe in, why aren't you sticking up for what you believe in? Now, Brittany Greer is stuck in, Griner is stuck in, in Russia. Ask her what she thinks about standing up for the flag now, right? Or yeah. all these people like Madonna says, if Trump wins, I'm going to go to another country. Well, I got news for you. Get the fuck out. Go to the other country. Let me tell you what country you're going to go to. Let us know. I says, we'll send you a plane ticket. Uh, or, you know, Oprah Winfrey or any of these people, Michelle Obama, to talk against this country. You're a billionaire talking against this country. And you're keeping all our kids down from our neighborhood. You do shit for them. This is my problem. They're abusing our children. They want them as puppets. I won't use the word puppets. They want them as slaves. They want to control them. They want to con them. They want to bullshit them. They know they're not smart enough yet because they're young. They're not educated. Not, they don't know enough of the policies in, this, in the United States right now, in this government, how they're abusing them. Same thing they're doing in the border. They're letting everybody in this border. And they're acting like they're doing a humanitarian uh, justice for these people. No, they're not. They can't get a work visa for four years. They're sleeping on the street, defecating on the street. They're dead broke. They're being prostituted. They're being murdered. Their kids are being trafficked. Their families back in their countries owe the cartels money. Who are you?
use bullshit, you're bullshitting people that don't know any better. You know, and this is the problem. This is the biggest problem. It all breaks down to the agenda. I mean, you know, I um, I feel as though that I had this conversation with a coworker yesterday, and um, I feel as though that entitlement's at an all-time high because of the way democracy is, is, you know, running the country. And I just feel as though that, you know, why should I, and once again, I'm saying this because I'm, I'm, I'm a very fair person. I don't judge. I don't, I don't see color. I don't see sex. I don't see religion. I see equality. You have a, a you have, you have a, a, a political party that wants to end racism, but promote diversity. Well, because they're brainwashing. You know, the, the idea of what they're doing is, is to divide division politics. Is every category this this administration is doing is to divide. They're brainwashing our kids. If you read a book on socialism, I, I advise everybody read a book on socialism. Read a book on Hitler. See what Hitler did. He didn't all of a sudden just the first day start killing Jews. That's not how it worked. He slowly dehumanized them. And they're doing the same thing now. This administration is purposely trying to make these kids lazy. There's purposely giveaways. They're talking about giving free college to some of the kids. Why not talk about giving away the, the free for people that were ill and sick and dying and cancers and hospital? You want to give away free money? Give it to the people that can't pay their bills because not because of their own choices. They got sick. Their family members got sick. Their children got sick. Then you would have a tr true meaning of what you're doing. But they're picking a group of young kids and they're trying to control their minds and tell them, don't go to work, we're going to give you extra money. Don't do this and we're going to give you money. Follow this and we're going to give you money. If you don't wear a, my body, my choice, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't do this, you're penalized. So they're trying to brainwash them in every way and they're fear-mongering them and they're trying to control them in schools and they're doing different things, keeping them away from parents, breaking down religion. I mean... This is so obvious they're trying to brainwash them. This is no different than what they do to the Taliban in, in those countries. And then they blast the Taliban. But our government's doing the same thing. They're, they're taking a whole generation of kids and they purposely close down schools. And they use a, a pretext of this. It's 10 times worse mental health in this country. And people that are using drugs to get by every day. And they know that teaching these kids not to see face expressions is hurting their mental, so their mental capacity, their growth of their, their, their intelligence, because they're not able to look at somebody and look at their facial expressions. It's just a major part of a, a decision, a mental health uh, uh, decisions by a young kid. Doctors know this. They know what they're doing. They know suicide rates are higher. They know kids were stuck in houses where they were being abused by parents that were abusing them sexually and every other thing. They knew that young kids with no money, had no computers to study at home in the inner cities. So they're intentionally breaking down this generation because they want to control them for the, for the next go around. Because they have ideas like Hitler did when they were stamping people with tattoos to put chips in them. And then they'll call you conspiracy theories. And you got women like Kim Kardashian who married Kanye West, Ye West. That's the father of your children. If he's such a bad guy, why'd you marry him? You have children, stick up for that man. Even if you disagree, don't let the government attack your personal relationship with him. And whatever he said or didn't say, I'm not dissecting the meaning because not I don't or the people that said every word that comes out of somebody's mouth can be changed around in 20 different directions. 
So all of a sudden, a black man's a white supremacist. Please. I just said, well, how stupid is everybody at this point every time they attack somebody? So now, again, you're going after a black man. But they won't talk about that. It's just they're attacking him because he's not following them. And how and what he said exactly, I bet you you can get 20 different professors on there to say he meant something different the way he said whatever he said. I don't know exactly what he said. How is he a white supremacist when he has kids with a white woman? It's ridiculous. This is the problem. They are attacking like a communist country does to everybody that's against them. Anybody that's against them, it's like Elon Musk. He was a Democrat. He wasn't a Republican. And so, you know, the Democratic Party is the one that slaves people. People need to get educated. Go listen to Malcolm X. I says, and I'm not saying that every Democrat is bad or every Republican. Uh, to me, it's rich and poor. The rich are trying to control this country and control the kids that are coming coming up, and they're trying to control them by saying, here's a couple of pennies. Stay in your neighborhood, stay in your lane, and this is all you're worth ever in your life. And they're controlling, making them, trying to make them lazy. They make them complacent. I mean, uh, they they you're re, you're rewarded now. I mean, like when I was coming up, when I was young in my early twenties, I remember like being in fear if I didn't have a job. I didn't know like you know how I was going to pay my bills. It would actually get me anxious and give me anxiety. Like you know, well, how if you know if my dad lost his business or if I you know if things get to a point where I can't make the money I need to survive working at his business. I'm going to have to go work somewhere else. And if I put in overtime, am I going to get taxed too much working overtime, the money I got to make extra? Like, how am I going to pay my bills? And I would actually worry about it. Kids nowadays, they don't give a rat's ass because they have safety nets all over the place. You know, if, if okay, you, you want to quit your job, you're miserable, go ahead, quit it. You don't need another job. We'll take care of you. We'll get you on utility assist programs. We'll get you on rent assist programs. You're rewarded for not working nowadays. And even, like, not traditional, like, you know, like I said, people people don't get married, they get more privileges. Yeah. You're, if you're not married and you have kids with another woman and you're not married, you'll get more privileges than if you're married. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? It's crazy. It's the truth, though. Yeah, it's the truth. It's, it's, it's you know, the you, you know what abortion rate in the black community is 50%. Why is the government pushing abortion rates? What are they trying to say? You tell me that ain't racist. You're trying. You're trying to. You could try to slow down the the birth rate of of a child if he comes from a minority family. Is that what the idea is? Why isn't anybody seeing this? I I really don't understand. Like when you say my body, my choice, right? People that took vaccines now are proven or dying more than a person that didn't take vaccines. That's a fact. So why aren't they talking about that? But if those same people saying, my body, my choice, why isn't it my body, my choice when it comes to vaccine? If you're saying that with a baby, and, and we're going to go into, if you go into an abortion, you're talking about abortions, if we talk about abortions, those same people that are all over the street saying, my body, my choice, why aren't you saying that with a vaccine? The, the double standard of their thinking is, is insane. They're not even making even a little sense of what they're saying. So if you think that in one way, how can you not think that in the other way? So then you're full of shit when you say my body, my choice. When you say black lives matter only, only, only if it fits my agenda. So if you're a, a black child and a neighbor and you're getting killed, oh, geez, that's not pol political for us. That's not a good subject. So we, we're going to push that aside. It's as if black lives matter only when. If you're wearing a, a cop uniform and you're, you're wearing a blue uniform, you're not black again. So 
who's buying these cons? I mean, the, the problem is, again, growing up in the street and, and being a gangster, I see through all the nonsense. This is all division. They're dividing. The more people they can divide in groups, the more they can control society. So if you're one of those people that buy into that group shit, like I say, the hyenas are weak. Stop growing up. Stop being divided. Don't let people divide you. I says, well, you know, you, the, the whole idea of this new administration is to constantly divide as much as they can so they can control. It's an obvious agenda. I says, so why isn't anything happening for the kids in our neighborhood? Why aren't they getting more opportunities? That's why I was always asked the same thing. They don't want handouts. Stop giving them handouts like they're suckers and they ain't worth nothing else. Give them opportunities. Give them educational opportunities. Give them job opportunities. Give them opportunities so they can be successful in life. I mean, it's, um, you know, I feel as though, you know, a lot of this generation coming up and, you know, the generation that's in like their, you know, 20s, I don't want to uh, label, but... You know, I call it like I see it, and I'm, you know, I have my right to my own opinion if everybody else wants to say their opinion. So I feel as though that, like, we live in a time now where there's, a, like, lack of accountability, actions without consequences. That's why you get a lot of these guys that come on here on these YouTube channels and stuff like that. They rattle off their mouth because they know they're not going to leave their basement. They're not going to leave their house. They're living on DoorDash, living off the government, running their mouth. They never lived that life. They don't, and people get away with that. Nowadays, that's why, like, you know, there, there is no consequence to You action. see them attack me, right? You see them all the time. Imagine if they had to come into this factory to meet me by themselves. <laughs> you, you know, it's because there's no consequences to their actions. We know that. They never were in a Brazilian penitentiary. They never were shot up. They were never stabbed up. They don't know what it is to be in solitary confinement for years. You know, they, they talk like imbeciles because they're allowed to now. And there's just what you said. There's no consequences. You got great leaders like Bob Woodson that just spoke up and he said, when you try to break down the religion, the uh, religion uh, attitude in this country, when you're trying to, if you go down an alley, and this is what he said, if you go down an alley and there's 10 people that just came from Bible study this way, and there's 10 people going this way, and you had to choose to the right or the left for your security of the, you know, on your way home, of course you're going to go towards the 10 people that just left Bible study. But the idea is, why are you trying to break down the fabric of religion in this country? And where's our religious leaders? Why aren't they talking about and, you know, bringing this back? You know, in schools, they're talking about all these crazy classes. At five years old, they should be talking about unity in these classes. How color and religion doesn't mean anything. Respect for the ex-human being's life. You know, as a kid, I was violent. I was taught violence in every aspect of my life. So it was natural to me, violence. But it's not a natural act. The natural act is to love thy neighbor like the Bible said, right? And why aren't we teaching that in school? Why, why are we not in school just saying that? Why are we trying to divide and talk about, you know, the past bad things in life and not move forward? Like my past, I can't change it. So what am I going to do? You only could do is... Do what we're doing today, right? Try to do the right thing and save some kids' lives. Make them knowledgeable not to go into street business because it's a dead end. You're going to end up dead. You're going to end up on drugs or you end up in jail. Those are the three things that's going to happen if you stay on the street. You know, you see girls all the time, uh, strippers making a ton of money. They're making a ton of money, but they're selling their soul as part of that. And people say, why is that? Because they know why. 
what goes on. It's not just stripping on that pole. Nine-tenths of them have to be, perform sexual acts now. It's not like the old day strippers. There's drugs in that in those clubs. There's drinking day and night in those clubs. Your, your, your morals are being challenged every day in those clubs. And unfortunately, a lot of those girls are smart girls. They can do a lot of things with their lives. They're beautiful girls. Maybe they can model. But they have low self-esteem, and it gets worse as you stay in that business. No different than when we were in the street. Low self-esteem. You start doing one crime, it gets to a bigger crime, it gets to the next crime, and before you know it, you're, you're shooting, taking lives. It just works like that because you're in the street, you're in the gutter. And if you could try to teach these kids there's other ways to make a living and, and get out of the street and don't do these things, you know, and unfortunately, uh, the street is a dead end. It's a sewer, and, and you know, and that's what you're going to get from it. Well, that's what I feel um, a lot of the... A lot of people are mis a big misconsumption of the juveniles coming up. Um, I ran a juvenile detention center. I was a clinical assistant on one of the dorms inside the, one of the war more worse dorms. Um, kids ages 15 to 20. Um, if they hit 21, they were out. Um, all from inner cities, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, parts of the boroughs of New York. I had kids in there from arsonists to murderers. And, you know, it was hard for them because of the way things are nowadays, it was hard for an African-American inner city kid to trust me. But I would always preach and tell them, don't judge somebody because of color of skin. You don't know, like, yeah, I have this job, but you don't know what got me to this job. You don't know behind these eyes what I've seen. Just like I don't know what you've seen. So don't judge people based upon what you assume. You think I'm some kid that came from a small town, you don't know what I've seen, you don't know what I've been through. I've been in sections of town, I had guns pulled to my chest. I've, I've been doing something that I shouldn't have been doing, but I don't need to preach it, I don't need to prove myself. It's already, it's already took place, it already went down. I don't, I'm here to tell you guys, you guys need to understand that, and a lot of them say, well, you know, they say, Mr. Scott, you know, I already ruined my life. I got, I got felonies now, I can't get a real job. I, I have no future. I got to go back to the streets. And I said, this isn't f 15, 30 years ago. There's so many opportunities, and this is what the kids need to understand. And the government makes them, yeah, you're, you get out of, you get out of uh, prison, we're going to make you, you know, digging ditches for, you know, $12 an hour on a construction thing or holding a stop sign, flipping it back and forth. But it doesn't have to be like that. You can go right now, sit in your house, and you can go take a, um, a certification online for six months and learn how to build a website. You know how much those people make that work remote from their house? Building websites, learning how to code, learning how... There's so many things you can actually learn from literally your phone. You can start a podcast from your phone. You can make money off a podcast. You can design a clothing line. There's so many things that's available for legitimate businesses. You can learn a trade and you can start flipping properties. There's so many ways well, to Well, the problem is they got to listen to, they got to follow positive, you know, influences and leadership. You know, this guy, I don't know if you, you watch Leo Terrell, do you know who that is? Leo Terrell, he, he wears the hat. Leo 2.0 or whatever? 2.0, right. Yeah. He's, a, you know, he's an inner city advocate. He's an, he's an attorney. Very, very intelligent. Actually, he used to be a Democrat. He's uh, a Republican now. He's an, and it doesn't matter what side of the road he's on. But this is a guy that talks about opportunities in life for kids from the streets, any color. You know, he's a really nice guy. He's always very, he's very, you know, he laughs a lot. He likes, but he understands that 
when you're trying to break down a kid's psyche and you're trying to make him lose the the uh, confidence in himself, and that's what this government, for some reason, not some reason, I know what the reason is, because they want socialism. This is what they're advocating for. This is one of the reasons they don't want Venezuelans in this country or Cubans, because they know what socialism is and communism and dictatorships. So they want to send those people back to their countries when they come here. They only want the people they think they can manipulate. And young kids are the easiest source to manipulate, just like we manipulate them as gangsters. As I, I got manipulated as a kid, and then I manipulated kids also, because you want to recruit them. You want them to go into the street and do what, you, what I used to do. You want them to be able to shoot when you tell them to shoot, rob when you tell them to rob, hurt guys when you tell them to. And the only way to do that is to influence them with bullshit, right? The same way I got influenced with bullshit, and the government's doing now the same. When they handed out this money and said, stay at home, you're going to make more money staying at home. There's an agenda there. The agenda is not to make you successful. The agenda is to make you lazy, to make you dependent. And the more dependent you are on this administration, the more you need them, and that's why they're letting all these people in this country. They know they need them because they're forcing them to need them because they can't get a work visa for four years. So this is the agenda of control, and this is how it started off in every communist and socialist regime. It doesn't start off quickly. It starts slowly. It's the breaking down of family, the breaking down of religion, breaking down of finances. And the rich want to stand up top like uh, the Obamas. I don't care what color they say they are. They're rich. They stay. They stay in. You know, in the beginning, he was a white man with a white uh, grandmother. Uh, his white grandmother. Then he became a black man, and then he became a very rich black man, and he forgot about the black man in Chicago. And then he talks about the poor me. Or Michelle Obama does that a lot. The poor me. Well, if we're in a racist country, I want to know how a black man or whatever he is, white or half white, half black, how he got elected by uh, 350 million people living in, in America. So if it's only 12% of uh, African American in this country. So obviously we're not a, a racist country. And you know, no country is perfect. But for all the people that don't like it here, I say the same thing. Go try out China, go try out Venezuela, go try out Cuba, try out one of these other countries. I says where there's poverty everywhere, try out one of my countries, uh, Albania and see how it was when my family lived under Communist Party rule. So, you know, when people are talking like this, uh, it's, it's just manipulating the new generation. And the, the people that are successful in this country should, they should think, I mean, the problem is power. People want power. You got Schiff and these guys that are filthy rich, Schumer and Pelosi and McConnell, who's a, McConnell's full of shit. He's all in bed with China. These are filthy rich people in their 80s that don't want to give up the power. They already have money. They just want the power. And, you know, then or Oprah Winfrey or Whoopi Goldberg or Joy Reid or uh, Joy uh, Behar. I can keep naming them, right? They're all rich, and they sit on their perch, and they don't give opportunities to these kids in the inner city. Whether they're white, black, Hispanic, Arabic, Indian, we can go on. Bangladesh, why aren't you helping these kids get opportunities? Why don't they teach how to manage credit in, in high school? They never taught anybody how to manage credit. You have to singly destroy it. I mean, the thing is, is like the problem with, I feel as though government, and not to get too political about it, but you have these people who were handed jobs, their parents were in, you know, on, you know, in the House or on the Senate and stuff like that, 
and they they don't they don't know what it's like to you know sit there and worry on the weekend when they're sitting at home and wonder well should i pay the if i pay the water bill on monday i'm not gonna be able to pay the electric bill if i pay the electric bill, i'm not gonna be able to pay the water bill so what one can we go without until i get my next paycheck or who could i borrow money off of to try and keep the lights on or keep the water on these people are eating fillets for fucking lunch every day in washington dc and then you have idiots and i don't want to get political but like Ilian omar who wants nothing to do she wants to make this the most untraditional America that you can possibly make. And you let people like that sit in the Congress to try and make this an anti-American country where they don't want the kids to grow up traditional because they link back to, well, traditional America was racist. They didn't give women rights. They didn't give people that you know were homosexuality or of a different race or religion, give them opportunities. Well... That's why I don't understand why we're promoting diversity when we should be unifying. How can this woman say, I believe she was from Somalia. She came here, she was on food stamps. She married her brother to get him here. She gave bids to her, her husband worth millions. This is why he said they need to be charged with recall and they should go to jail. And now she's in Congress making a ton of money and she's talking against this country. Only because she's trying to control the younger generation. If she cared about him, she'd say, look at my life. I went from living in poverty, living on food stamps, and I became a congresswoman, became very wealthy. Partially because she's a congresswoman, but mainly because she's a thief. And she gave bids away to her family. And no one's arresting her. That's the problem. Because if she was a gangster, she would do 20 years for what she did. But the, the biggest thing is the maneuver, the con of not telling kids, hey, you can be me. You can get wealthy in this country. And if this country's so bad, why don't you stay in your country? Why don't exactly. you stay in Somalia? That's what Let's I see what, what a word would be there. That's what I can't stand about it is like all these people that complain, like you said, okay, then make room for the people that want to be here and want to make this country better. Why can't... if you Well, they don't really mean what they're saying. Yeah. She knows it's a great country. She just doesn't want to give up the power to anybody else. She wants to be able to control the masses. So this is all about power again. This is about they want to control. They want to sit up on the perch. So if you go to south side of Chicago and those kids are getting killed left and right, they don't care about them. They don't care what happens to them. They, they don't care about any of those kids. They don't care any kids in Camden. They don't care any kids in East New York, Brooklyn, Brownsville, or any other neighborhood. They just want to hold them down, use them, manipulate them, give them a couple of bucks and say, hey, vote for me again so I can keep, you, keep controlling you and keep you in those slave neighborhoods forever because that's what they're doing. I'll tell you, I was in Brownsville with uh, Julio Russo three weeks ago when we were walking around, and he said, you know, Stutch, watch, keep, stay alert. You know, like, this is not a good section of town. Right. They should drop those politicians off and just say, hey, I want you to walk around the streets for a little bit. I want you to see what real America's well, all they, about. Uh, they don't have to because they talk about defund the police and then they hire private security. They say they'll take the Second Amendment, and they all got all their private securities with semi-automatic guns. So, you know, what, what's good for for me is not good for thee. I mean, it's just the, the, the old saying. I mean, listen, these are gangster taxes. I say it again. This is our, my tactics. I and mean, we grew up like this. They're not fooling anybody. They're fooling the, they're naive, the young. They're easy to manipulate. You can brainwash the young like they do in other countries. That's their idea now is to brainwash the young. I mean, how many times you grew up in Brooklyn? I just look at the difference. I just in, in Brooklyn from back when we were kids so till now. now yeah, yeah. It's totally different. It's crazy. Yeah. This is a jailhouse call. It's my son. So, okay. so this is what this is what goes on. 
Let's we'll say hello to one of you. An inmate at Northern State Prison. This call will be monitored and recorded for customer assistance, collection, or complaint procedures, or to block future calls. Dial one. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Hey Jim, how are you, son? We're on the air right now. You're on the air. You're live. What's going on, Jimmy? How you doing, Steve? I'm good. How are you? Say hello to Scott. He's hosting his show. Jim, how you doing? This is Scott from the Sober Sit Down. I'm sitting here with your dad and your cousin Steve. What's up? How are you? I'm alright. So you know we're here talking about jails and society and doing the right thing with people's lives, and you just called in. So as a guy that's sitting in jail. Uh, What's your advice to a kid that's out on the street not doing the right thing? Oh, I don't know. I got... It's just not worth it at all. Got a lot of years in jail and... I don't know. It's definitely not a place anybody wants to be. That's for sure. You waste life. You can't do anything. I missed out on... I don't even know how many holidays with all you guys. Uh, you can't be a father. You can't uh, have a girlfriend. You can't do anything, really. You can't work a job. You can't start a career. Nothing. So if, you, if you're talking to a young kid, would you tell him, go get a job, go to take a trade in school? Would you? Would your advice be to him? Go to school, take a trade. Go to work, right? Forget the nonsense of the street. Is that is that your advice? Yeah, as soon as I get out, I you know, we talk about that all the time. As soon as I get out, that's the first thing I told you I want to do is I want to have a job ready so I can go straight to work. And, and for a young kid, what, what would you advise a young kid if he's 17 coming out of high school? Would you tell him go to work, go to trade school? What, what, what would your advice be? Yeah, get a job. I mean, school is good too. I never, um, I mean, for me, it's not for me as much, but for other people, that's good too. Um, but I prefer trades and going to job, going to a job, getting a decent paying job and making a life for myself and hopefully having my own family. Yeah. How you doing today? The holidays are here, right? The holidays are here and you're in prison. I mean, it's not an easy thing. This is what we're trying to tell kids. Let me hand you the phone to Scott for a second. I'm going to, Scott's show, hold on. Whatever you want. Yeah, Steve, I um, always preach to, uh, you know, the younger generation. Um, you know, I always try and explain to them that we can make fast cash in the streets, but it's not permanent cash. Me and your dad were just talking about, um, which we didn't get too deep into just yet. You call it the right time. I was saying that there's so many, like, being that you, when you come out, you're not going to have to go back in the streets if you don't. You're going to choo- you're gonna choose to go back in the streets if you want to go back in the streets. There's so many things that are opportunities now that if you have charges on you, like like you were saying, get, get involved in a trade. There's stuff you can take courses online to start building websites doing a motivational podcast like we're doing today uh to tell kids you know you don't have to go back to that life 
it's nice when you're making money and you can sleep at night. You don't got to look over your shoulder. Yeah, and then the thing is, too, is, you know, it's not just about working because I, even when I stopped selling drugs, I was, I was working and stuff like that, but you got to leave everything alone because I've been locked up for shootings. I had a shooting charge by Jersey City. I got locked up for a gun charge. It's different things, so you just... I was still keeping guns around me. I was still hanging around people that were in the, in those like that type of environment. So that's you know that's what's gonna come with it. Is if you still you you know every time I'm off of work, I'm going straight out to the street and hanging out with everybody and smoking and drinking. I got a gun on me and this and that, and that's. That leads back to jail too. So you gotta drop everything, really. You gotta change the people that you hang around with, the places you hang out at. You just gotta try to find a girlfriend, uh, have fun, go on dates, start a family, and go to work and not really entertain anything that's due to the streets. Because if you got a gun on you, it's it's only gonna lead to one thing. I say in sobriety. People, places, and things change immediately. You have to be able to reset everything. And if the people are bringing you down, the place are bringing you down, things are bringing you down, that goes for everything. That goes for a criminal mindset. That goes for a sobriety mindset. That goes for everything. And I always say, you know, my new my new thing that I said, I'm going to start coming out with some inspirational clothing. And one of them, the first one I'm putting out is, I don't want to be the lion in the cage at the zoo. I want to be the lion that runs the jungle. Yeah. Alright, here's your father. Yeah. Alright, I'm glad you called. I just wanted, you know, perspective uh, from prison so kids out there know what it feels like to be in jail all the years like you've been in and holidays and, and different things and sad things that happen with uh, you know, us losing Chelsea and different things that you go through emotionally by being in prison, and, you know, so people understand the heartache, and uh, you know, and and you have choices to change our life at any point. So you know, you always have that choice, and when you come home, your life, your mentality is different than it used to be. But and, you know, it, and that comes from reading and hard work. So. And then, yeah, they also got to remember too that. It's not easy in jail. People think it's not. Uh, they got a false impression that our generation isn't fighting. It's just guns. When you come to jail, it's a lot of fights. And you know that because I've talked to you a lot. I've gotten into a lot of fights in jail. I've gotten into over 10 fights probably in jail, including one a couple months ago, not even two months ago. So they got to deal with all that when they come here, too. It's not. And especially in the jail, the prison that I'm in now, there's people getting stabbed and stuff like that. In Northern State Prison, it's not as easy. You know, Trenton and stuff like that, people get 20 or more years. I don't know, so. Even my one friend, I told you I haven't seen him for 14 years. He killed someone when I was 17. I just seen him, he still got three years left, so. Yeah, it's a waste of life. It's it's a it's a waste of uh, we only get one life, and and that's what we're talking about making right decisions in life. I mean, sometimes you 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 know you you make a wrong decision, you're gonna pay for it, and 
you get your mind right and you, and you start making the right decisions. So that's what life's about. You have opportunities to redo it again, hopefully. And uh, when you and other guys in your position come home, and you know, you know I'm working with Oscar Lugo's family trying to get him home. And he got 400 years, and he's one of the guys I've been talking about. And I'm going to do a talk with his daughter, uh, I believe it's on the 4th, about uh, the corruption of the system and why he got that kind of time without, and he should be home. So we're going to try to get him home. It's very important for people to look up his case, Oscar Lugo. So, I mean, you know me and you discussed him uh, plenty of times. Yeah, and uh, it's a lot of things. Even my mom, I haven't, you know, she lives in Florida, so I haven't, I haven't seen my mom because I keep getting locked up. So I've seen her once, probably once or twice since 2016. It's about to be 2023. Yeah, this is no way to live life, and, and that's our biggest uh, goal is to try to get to the younger kids to understand about what, what this is about. So, all right, you can call us later on. Uh, we got to get back going, and uh, love you, and I'll, t I'll talk to you later on. Yeah, you help one person, it's enough, and, and that's the idea, help one, one, one guy. You have one young kid is uh, is the start of it. And, you know, that's the movement, one at a time. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully everything works out for everybody. I love you, and I'll, I'll call you uh, tomorrow. Okay. I'll see you. Love you. All right, thank you. Yeah, bye. You know, it, it's, it's a hard thing because he's sitting with my son. And he lost his sister, his only sister, while he's in prison. These are the things that people don't see about jail, right? You know, you, you, you know, people say, oh, I'll do the time. You'll do the time, but the emotional time is the pain. You know, it's not really so much the physical. It's the emotional of being there alone, like he said. He hasn't seen his mother basically seven years. He, he'll never say goodbye to his sister. He wasn't here when she passed. Um, and... That'll never, that it's going to break his heart for the rest of his life. So these are the things that we try to tell kids, you know, and I've been in prisons where I lost, my friends lose their, their children when I was there. And I don't, it's the most, it's a terrible, terrible feeling that nobody ever wants to know. Being out here is so difficult, but I can't even imagine uh, not being here. Yeah, yeah I mean... People don't understand. I mean, they, they, they just don't. And, I, you know, it doesn't get more real than what just happened. You know, that that was very inspiring. That was very touching. That was, you know, I mean, that, it doesn't get no more real than that. You know, what, what you know, I mean, your son seems like a great kid. Uh, I just feel as though that just made some, you know, bad decisions like we all did. And, you know, um, it feels it feel as though that, you know, he can learn, he can learn from it. I mean, you know, John, a lot of people say about the life, they say, like, a lot of guys that I talk to, they say, I was in the life. Anybody that says they don't miss the life is lying to you. But I feel as though you are a true inspiration. I feel like the way you the way you carry yourself, the way you conduct yourself, the inspirational content, I mean, you know, let's face facts. I mean, every time you turn around Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you get to see you're seeing the country and stuff like that. I think you live better now than you did when you were in the life. 
Well, I live in a, a better way because it's a positive way, right? Everything I do is in a positive influence. You know, I get all these dumb trolls that, you know, bother me on a regular, you, you see. You know, guys want to talk nonsense because they want to make themselves relevant. So they figure if they challenge me, then they make themselves relevant. They can pretend they're tough. This gives them the ability to say, look, I talked to him like that. Or look, uh, he was in our place and he left. And, you know, so it gives them the ability to say those things because they know they're not important. And again, if they didn't look at me as being on top of the mountain, they wouldn't address me. They would Because then I would be a nobody and they would say, well, what's the big deal about addressing this guy? He's a nobody guy. So, you know, I understand their insecurities and I understand, and it took me a while to do this. It, uh, it, I understand to walk away instead of killing them or hurting them or shooting them like I used to. You know, and that's not an easy thing to do, but as you, you know, you got guys like you had Robert on your show, who was uh, prior to me. He was the guy in our neighborhood, and you know Robert Bordelli. Uh, he's he's going to be on a f uh, further episode. We just got done recording. Didn't mean to interrupt you, John. It's all right. And so he's one of the guys that helped me get through some of my past ego. You know where you don't want to let things go. Yeah. You know because that's not an easy thing to do. You know, you want to, when guys challenge you, you want to say, okay, you you may be stupid and don't know me or don't know the past or think the past maybe is bullshit, whatever you think, but I'll show you, right? That's what you, you're thinking, but then you don't do it because you know it's only going to bring you back and then you're going to ruin every kid that you're trying to help. So it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. No, and you know what? I still to this day get challenged on a daily basis. You know, some people... They want to talk to you sideways. That you hear this one's talking, this one, this one's. I'm thinking to myself like, and I, I'm not. I'm not promoting myself as I'm. I'm not. I'm not the local Mike Tyson. I'm not the right. toughest guy in the country. I'm not the toughest guy in the world. I'm not a hard ass. But like when I know people are talking and they ain't made like that, and I hear them, they're saying like false pretenses about me and stuff like that, and then it gets back to me, and I'm just like, I know they wouldn't be saying that if I was standing right next right, to them. Right. But what gets me is all those people are speaking, and I I want to say this to guys trying to stay out of trouble when i go to when i when i wake up every morning what gets me through the day not feeding into that negativity because there's days i just want to get on the phone and call somebody like who the f do you think you're talking about you know what i mean like but i got a seven-year-old at home i run you know i go to work every day as a car salesman i come here at night and sometimes during the day to try and conduct myself about inspirational content um and what gets me through the day is i have a nice big picture in my bathroom so when I wake up in the morning and I'm getting myself ready, there's a nice big picture of Frank Sinatra. And he once said, the ultimate revenge is massive success. So I put, like you were just saying about what we were talked about, you turned your life around and made it positive rather than negative. This whole sober sit down is turning a negative into a positive. How could I take negatives in my life and turn them into positives? And that's the inspirational content that I'm trying to promote here because... Sober sit down, living sober doesn't mean that I'm not drinking or I'm not using drugs. If you're, you, you could be stone sober, not using drugs or not drinking, but you could be lying, you can be cheating, you could be just a, 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 an asshole in society. That's not living sober. Living sober is wanting to help people, being an honest person, somebody with integrity, somebody that carries themselves well, somebody that's respected. Sober just doesn't mean that you're not using drugs or alcohol. Well, one thing I did learn, and, and through therapy, and everybody knows uh, I, I'm a big believer in therapy, and 
one of my sponsors on my show is BetterHelp, and I talk about them all the time, and not because I'm promoting them. I don't get anything out of promoting them on your show because I really believe in therapy. And BetterHelp is one of those, you know, you can just jump on a phone, you can video chat, you can do all those things on on the computer and you don't got to leave your house, it's private. So I think it's everybody needs to talk to somebody and let it out and, and therapy. But I think the biggest thing I learned through therapy is, and it's the same thing when you go to sobriety, uh, you know, the, the different organizations to, to stop using drugs and drink is don't think so much for next week or next month. Just think about getting through today. So every advice that every person that calls me, and yesterday I was on the phone with a guy who has a problem with somebody, and he doesn't want to be violent. He used to be violent. He asked me, John, how do I do that? I says, you know how you do that? And he says, what? I says, what's today? And he says to me, you know, whatever yesterday was. Is yesterday Monday? Monday yesterday was? Yeah. 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 So I said, it's Monday. What it does matter today. And... Uh, I said, did you get through today not doing anything? He goes, yeah. I says, well, there you go. I says, so you don't really need my advice. I says, tomorrow's Tuesday, do the same again. But just get through today first. Go to bed and get through today. So the biggest advice for everybody is just, you know, we all lose our temper. I still lose my temper. I just don't react physically. I mean, you're not going to be a perfect human being. We're not machines. You're going to have some bad days. You're going to have days where it's a little harder for you not to have that drink or harder for you not to do that drug, or harder for you not to hurt somebody that's bothering you. But you got to push yourself each day. It's a work in progress. And as each day passes, it gets easier. But just get through one day at a time is the best advice. And you got to remember something. You got to keep something in your head every day when you wake up. And you know what that thing is, and it sounds corny and say, man, but it ain't. When you wake up, you look in the mirror, you got to say, hey, I like myself, man. I like myself. And the, more, and the more you understand to like yourself, you can put up with other people and learn to like and help other people. And it's good when the best feeling in the world is is knowing that I'm helping other people. Because people around the world call me. You know that. We had discussions. You know you reached out. Other people reach out. And they, they know that my experience, the negative experiences I had in my life helped me. My son was sitting on a porch years ago. He didn't know the guy. The guy had a problem with somebody that had that building. He was sitting there smoking a joint with an older black fella that worked with him, minding his own business. And the kids came back and forth, threatening him three times, and my son finally got up and shot him. Right? Now, my son was right because the kid threatened him and he was going to shoot him. So he said, what do you want me to do? I said, you should have went in the house. I go, why didn't you go in the house? And he goes, would you have gone in the house? I go, no, that's why I ruined my life for half my life, because I didn't go in the house. So you should learn from my mistakes, because I've been telling you this for years. And that same guy that was a gangster and a tough guy, the first thing he did when the police came and the ambulance came is he pointed out my son and said, he shot me. So this is what they're going to do anyway. So all those guys are gonna that talk all that rah-rah stuff and that gang stuff, when that kid thought he was jammed up and maybe I don't know how bad he was hit and this... The first thing he did was point it out, and then he tried to retract it later on or whatever he did. didn't matter. The point is, he should have just went up in the house, let him leave, because trust me, that kid the next day or the day after is going to get into it with somebody else because that kid's miserable in his own life. He needs to work on himself. So now, while you're in prison, my son and other kids that are in prison, other guys are going to the beach. They're in the, with their girl. They're laying in bed. 
they're showering, they're ordering a pizza, they're just laying there chilling somewhere, you don't get to do that because you made a bonehead mistake. So that's the advice, right? The advice, same thing in the drugs. You, if you do drugs, you're just going to keep doing drugs. It ain't going to go away because you like the feeling. I mean, everybody would be a liar if they said they didn't like the feeling of certain drugs. I mean, it's a good feeling. It's something that's, you know, you, you, know you, you just have that high, whether it's weed or whatever, and it makes you forget things. But there's other ways to do that make you forget things. And positive ways to build your endorphins, working out, jogging, uh, doing something positive, helping a young kid, helping somebody get involved with uh, cancer for kids. Do things that will really make you feel great and you, you know, you'll have those endorphins that you've never seen that a drug could never do for you. you know? Facing your problems, like when I used to run from my problems, I would get drunk, high to get away from my problems, but they'd be twice as worse because i distract them for a couple days, a week or something, so they'd be even worse. Where, you know, you learn in sobriety, you face the problems, knock them out of the way, and now they're gone. So you start developing those coping skills. And, you know, I like what you said about all that positive, like going to the gym, jogging, helping people, doing all that stuff. It, nothing gets me through the day better than when somebody calls me and they're, you know, looking for a way out of, you know, making a bad decision. And I can help them with a good decision based on my own personal experiences. Because, you know, John, you just said, like, you know, you wasted some time in the, in the prison system for a while. But you wouldn't be sitting here today helping other people out if you didn't live that life. Just like I used to sit there and look down the the water bottle filled with vodka sitting on my toilet pretending I was using the bathroom and I'm drinking water bottle full of vodka hiding from my family and I'd sit there and look at it and say God why are you doing this to me why are you doing this to me and now sitting here at the sober sit down I understand why he took me down the road he did because I wouldn't be able to talk about that today and inspire other people had I not had to go through that rough journey that got me here today and you know what I want to ask you is you know with, you know, the fentanyl awareness and everything like that, why the main reason why I brought you on today, here today with your fans, my fans, and everybody, what's the mission and how can we help you accomplish what you're looking to accomplish? Well, the mission is, is uh, to get Washington to pass some bills to change the, the laws. First, the law has to be an international... Uh, Something's got to be done with sanctions against other countries. So it's not individual. Like, I don't, you know, for me, it's a waste of time to go after an individual dealer. You know, they're, they're trying to combat it. They're, you know, they're doing a decent job lately combating some of the fentanyl that's coming in this country. But, you know, if you, if you look at each pill, right, as a gun, and if I just went like this to you with, would have gone and I'm going to trigger it. That's that pill. There's one dead. I point to him. That's two dead. You know, and they're talking about mass shootings. I'll show you mass shootings. And and we could take that fentanyl pill and make it a bullet because that's what it is. And it's a bullet to the head. And we show that to a politician that doesn't need the votes to win an election like just happened because I knew they were going to talk about fentanyl. I just, without a doubt, they were going to talk about it because they want, they want the votes. But really, they don't do anything. It's just talk and action. So I need each person from each community to go to their community leaders and insist on something being done from, from them. And it is, in one person, me going is not good enough. 
But if you go and then Steve goes and then other people, we got to keep pushing it. And then we got to have sanctions on, co on countries like Mexico and China. Why aren't we talking about sanctions on this regime of Chinese government? She is doing whatever he wants and our government is sitting on their hands, not doing anything about, first off, we allowed them with, the, with COVID. No one's looking into it. Why not? Why is this administration, that is the number one killer around the world. Why hasn't anybody looked into this investigation? People got to say to themselves, what is the agenda that we are not? What is the agenda that they're not speaking up against fentanyl? How do you know? So each person that goes out and speaks to the next guy or next kid, you're saving their life. You have to get it through their head every time they take an Adderall. It could be laced with a little sand grade of fentanyl because they're making a million, million and a half dollars off a kilo of fentanyl. That much money, or three thousand dollar investment. So they will not stop with this. This is not going to go away unless there's some serious sanctions on these countries that are. Synth uh, making the synthetic fentanyl, and we got to insist that China also calls it a controlled substance so they can regulate these labs. They refuse to call it a controlled substance. And so for the people that are out there asking, you got you got to get more people to sign uh, to their, to their uh, local leadership politicians and complain and write me as much as you can on any of my website, johnelite.com, on my Instagram, DM me on my Facebook. I need an army of people so I can go in with a list to these politicians and say, this isn't me as an individual because I'm not strong as an individual. I need a couple hundred thousand people with me. And if you want to get behind the war, this is the war or the real war on drugs. This isn't cocaine. And, you know, and I'm not justifying cocaine dealers, but cocaine dealers, you, you do a couple lines of coke and spam for you. You do one line. You do one little speck of this drug fentanyl you're dying, or, or you have a, a great, great chance of dying from this. This is not a, a typical where you just take a Xanax and you, you go hang out and you chill, because they're lacing Xanax with fentanyl and you're dying. So it is a war. It's not a war like Ukraine. Ukraine doesn't have this many people dying. Why aren't we talking about this the way you talk about the Ukraine war? Why isn't Biden talking about giving $25 billion towards the fight in fentanyl? Why isn't this, and it's hard for me to not call them names, because this guy won't do anything about the fentanyl war. The fentanyl war is a real killer. So why are we not talking about the citizens in this country and around the world? Because this is going to start moving everywhere, too. Why, why isn't this being done? And I need people to, to be more active. I need people to be active. To you know, uh, I'm involved with different organizations and with Dee Gillen, who I talk about all the time, Black Poster Child. And she does, uh, she's an organization that shows how many of these kids are dying and she goes to different churches around and, and, and puts on a, a display of our kids that have died on, on billboards. And it's the saddest thing to, to see these, lose these many lives. There's not a war in this country that we've ever had through our history that lost this many people. And we're losing it yearly and it's growing. And not only is the number high, but the number's even higher than we think because a lot of these people that are dying do not get medical examiners to say what they exactly died from. And fentanyl synthetic, very hard to detect, even if they do have it. So it's it's not an easy uh, uh, call by by these uh, uh, doctors to say that they died from fentanyl besides it. And, you know, at, at this point in time in the game, um, you know, 
sober sit down we're growing you know slowly but at a good pace um you know by the end of the year me and my team we already had bought in the domain to www.sobersitdown.com we are going to make sure that we're going to have john's direct link so anybody that comes to our website or anybody that's watching today will be able to get to john's mission and we're going to attach the link with inside the website um to hopefully you know help him on his journey to fight to get get what we need to get accomplished and um you know get everybody on board because let's face facts here i mean i'm a, I'm a father i'm you know uh, i'm you know i i want i i i want the community safer i want the communities because i mean it was just on it was on the news the other day here locally um i don't know if steve you know you you're about 25 minutes away from me and uh um parents just got locked up their baby touched something yeah on, i seen that yeah i seen that they yeah. just got indicted yeah, the kid been. the kid was nine months old or 11 months old yeah got fentanyl on his hands because it touched some one of the i mean it, it could have been cocaine it could have been anything but it was laced the kids toxicity reports stated that there was fentanyl in the kid's system so the kid i mean obviously isn't going to stick a needle in his arm and overdose on heroin it's not going to I mean, it could have stuck a pill in his mouth. I don't know. Kid's dead. Kid's dead. Parents just gotten died. So for the people listening also, there was a guy that went to Disney World with his family. And uh, also, he went for a drink, and he had fentanyl in his system. So uh, they went for a family vacation and end up with a a dead father. And, you know, it's not people that are only so people understand this also. It's being put in candy. It's being put in diet pills without children knowing... So don't order anything online. Tell your kids don't order anything online. Try to be on top of your children not to order anything from websites online because they're also uh, lacing it with fentanyl. So this isn't just about someone who's trying to do drugs. It's also about in diet pills. It's also in, in different uh, medications and pills that people don't know. If you're buying something online, not from your pharmacy, uh, you got to be very vigilant because the it's being put in everything. So, you know, at, this, at the same time, uh, it's going to be used and, it, and, and there's been threats of it being used in different capacities, in, in drinks and different things. So if it starts to get into those things also, you're going to have uh, a serious, serious, uh, you're going to have some serious consequences uh, without any knowledge. And, and it looks like, for whatever reason, they're, they're bringing in even more and more money-wise. And this country, again, for whatever reason, is spending trillions billions on uh, other countries you're talking about iran and they want to send money to iran uh, for a, a, a regime that's killing their people in the street i believe 1400 people were killed in, in iran during their riots instead of us helping them for helping the people in the street for freedom we're sending a regime and and, and making deals and trying to make deals for them to have an atomic weapon i mean it's, it's unbelievable what this government is up to the last couple short two years have destroyed this country, destroyed the uh, safety of our people and our citizens, and have done nothing, and nothing and said nothing to China. They're talking about trillion, four trillion dollars, and that's McConnell too. Went to the Great Green Deal for Newark for fresh air or whatever they're talking about nonsense with sea and air, and meanwhile. It goes nowhere for anybody who's knowledgeable out there. They're flying around in private jets. John Kerry, the czar of clean energy, is flying around with jets. If he believed in what he said, he wouldn't be in, in, in jets. The government 
itself, the administration will have all battery-operated cars. They don't. And by the way, these battery-operated cars are worse for the air system because they got to mine coal and everything else and the lithium. And So this is another joke. It's another lie. And China and India is not even on board. So if they're not on board and they're doing what they're doing in their countries, nothing's going to be. It's not going to make a dent, not even 1% dent. So this is all nonsense sales pitch to everybody. We just threw away $4 trillion for no reason, as long as China and India don't agree to be in on it. So along with that, you guys got to know, you, you know the policies and, and understand what they're doing. They're stealing money is basically what they're doing. I mean, John's talking about investing money, our, our government's investing money in Ukraine and other militaries. What about the guys that fought for our country when I got to see driving down the street, I got to see homeless veterans because you they're got 45,000 homeless veterans for people who know. You have 125,000 uh, orphanage kids in, in this house. You have 550,000 overall that are living all over the street. And then we just brought in another two and a half million. We can't even take care of a three quarters of a million uh, in our country already. And then they allowed another two and a half. This is, again, agenda that they want this to happen so they can control us back to slavery, to modern-day slavery, and they, they want socialism. They want worse than socialism. They want complete totalitarianism of uh, New World Order. This is what they're looking for, the Great Reset. They're very open about it. Go look at the G20 that they just had and, the, and look at what they're talking about with energy and food supplies and everything else. This is a planned... This is a planned thing for the future by these crazy elitists. I mean, you know, either side, I really, you know, I, I don't want to get into any, like, QAnon conspiracy theories or anything like that. But, you know, like, sometimes you actually have to wonder, like, does it go above the government? Is it big pharma and all these other, you know, things that control the actual country rather than the actual government? Well, they got to change the laws and you need term limits. That's for sure. And this ballot harvesting's got to stop because our word means nothing. They're full of shit. We became a third world country. If you want uh, free and fair elections, then you have to have that. Since when can't we have an election overnight? Third world countries do it. All of a sudden, we can't do it. They can't have voter ID. Why can't we have voter ID? I said, what are you trying to say? There's certain ethnic groups are too stupid to get ID. You need ID for the doctors. You need ID to buy cigarettes. You need ID to drive a car. You need ID to, to go to a ball game, to get into any event. You need identification. So this sales pitch by this bullshit government that should be locked up, and everybody knows I'm aggressive, this government, need you need the RICO law, you need uh, independent uh, prosecutors to go after them for the corruption, the, the stealing of, of our funds, the people's taxpayers' money, and the people, this country's supposed to be about the people, and freedom and the Constitution, and they're trying to stamp on it. And people, the only reason why they're trying to stamp on it is because they're kind of trying to control you. They're not doing it to help you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I think we touched a lot today, John. You know, I think, um, you know, we got exactly to the point we wanted to get with everybody, you know, turn negatives into positives. You know, the youth of America just, I really wish people would do their own homework rather than what they're fed because the problem is, is we became a lazy economy where people don't do their own research. You, you can put anything on TV and people will listen to it. What we're preaching here today is, Start doing your own homework. Start doing your own research. Educate yourself. Well, for the kids out there, it starts with the parents. Stop being lazy and uh, get proactive on what's being taught to your children in schools. Stop the brainwashing, the parents that are involved. 
uh, fathers, all of us, we need to take care of our kids, be proactive with our children, um, religious leaders. You need to come out and speak up. A lot of the religion, religious leaders uh, aren't out there speaking the way they, where they should. They're trying to break down uh, religion in this country. And that's one of the strongest foundations in this country for peace, to stop people using drugs and drinking. And so there should be more religious leaders, no matter what your, you know, whatever religion you believe in, should be out there, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Catholic, you're Christian, you're Jewish, you're, you're Buddhist, whatever. Where are you people that are, should be out there speaking out for the young kids in the groups and informing them and, and bringing them back into God and to, to, to the belief so they stay off the street? It's a, it's a big problem, and, and the parents really need to be more proactive. I know it's out there now, and there's a lot more talk. And the young kids that are intelligent, have, you know, a little older, you should be, uh, you know, be role models for your, for your younger brothers and sisters. So that's some of the things. And, and like I said, volunteer. Volunteer for the elder people. You know, that's what you need for some of the kids. You want to feel good about yourself. You're struggling. Go volunteer. Do things that will help other people. And, and uh, do something positive. And it'll take you away from the negative thoughts that you have. And I just lost uh, two friends recently, one by suicide, uh, Jason David Frank, Green Ranger. Uh, one of my really dear, close, close friends took his own life uh, with depression. And uh, so it's a real thing. And that's a buddy of mine. And uh, I lost another buddy a couple of years back from the same thing. So I'm a big advocate of, uh, you know, mental health uh and go get help if you can't get help if you don't want to talk to a friend or a family you know call a place like better help it's you know you're on the phone you don't even got to go in person so you know I, and my other friend john marangola was an attorney uh he died of a heart attack and uh you know my heart goes out there these are very close friends of mine just had a set of twins so uh i like to say a special you know prayer for them and uh couple of words for real good men two really really good people in my life so life's not easy and it's a struggle always and I know people going through struggles and we discussed that always my friend Charlie my friend Adam you know they help me a lot we have long talks and so I got people that help me also that keep me you know keep me uh, grounded and uh, if you need to be grounded you can find me on true John elite on my Instagram Facebook I try to answer as many people as I can. I get thousands of people that write all my sites. So uh, my team writes and they try to schedule things for me and then I get back to you. But I do get back to you and, you know, just remember, take it one day at a time. And that's something new that, you know, we're going to be starting here at the Sober Sit-Down starting this Wednesday. Um, it's not going to be live, so it's not going to be out this Wednesday, but we're going to start. Um, I put it on my social media websites. Um, I can run up to 12 people per group. I'm going to start actually running groups, not just addiction-related. Um, I had a good friend of mine, Todd, who struggled with mental health like I did. Um, I couldn't get sober until I got my mind right. So I didn't just battle addiction. I battled mental health. I was battling financial issues, marital issues, everything. So sometimes people are just lost-seeking answers, and they just need to talk to people that can communicate with them rather than sitting in an office setting like a doctor's office, stuff like that. So I'm going to be offering groups every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time. The first one we're going to run is 9.15 to 10.15. I'm going to put in the link below my Instagram and my Facebook um, inbox 
All you have to do is inbox me your email, and I just ask that, you know, if you're going to take the slot, make sure you're going to show up for the slot because if somebody else that might need that slot shows up and they, they couldn't get in because of it, we're going to keep adding groups as we go. And um, that's something new we're going to be starting at the Supper Sit-Down. It's not going to be a private. It's going to be for future release onto the onto the format of the platform of our YouTube channel. So other people that are out there that aren't ready to come out with mental health issues, addiction issues, they can hear real, raw, authentic people discussing real-life problems, seeking real-life solutions. And you guys, and then if you're ready, you want to come on. I'm not here to recruit people. I'm here to help people. And helping people helps me become a better person. Remember, you got to remember, you know, people that listen to this, you're not the only one going through it. We're all going through it. I mean, life's not easy. We all got struggles. And uh, I know, you know, a lot of times you think you're alone. You're the only one with a marital problem or a family problem. And it's not true. We all have it. I just recently, you, you guys know, I lost my daughter, Chelsea, from fentanyl. Uh, it's a struggle every day for me to get through it. And unfortunately, uh, there's hundreds of thousands of people just like me, parents that reach out to me every day, and they go through it. Um, you know, you're going to go through You're going to go through crying. You're going to go through the, uh, the blame of the, you know, you blame yourself. And you're going to go through some mental stuff. I have a son in prison you just heard to talking to me. I have a sick dad. So, you know, family stuff's not easy. I've been through divorces, and, you know, it's just, uh, that's life. And, you know, just don't be a quitter. Don't quit. Don't quit on yourself. Just remember, you deserve a life. You deserve some good things. And, and it takes hard work to uh, get some good things accomplished. It's just like exercising. You don't just get under a bench and start benching 300 pounds. I mean, you got to work your way to it. To be a good athlete, it's the same thing. To be uh, financially well off, you got to work hard. So in anything life, it's work. You got to put the work in, read some books, listen to some tapes, listen to some soft music, watch comedies, do anything that can help you through the mental uh, depressions and contact us. Thank you got you got to keep you got to keep showing up every day like John said one day at a time don't look too far into the future focus on the day don't lose that focus you just got to keep showing up and what I want to end with is I um I always would say at a lot of my groups that I would run um when I was at the juvenile center and stuff I say fellas the only time you're ever going to see success before work is in the dictionary that's right bro. Hard work. Nobody can defeat you. You keep showing up. I had a five-year-long five road struggle. I went from restarting my life after owning businesses. I was digging ditches for $12 an hour. I was, you know, working in uh, placement centers. I was, I did everything. Uh, I was a truck driver. And you know what? I never thought my life was going to get easier. My life was going to get better. And then one day, after you keep showing up, keep showing up, it's just like going to the gym, like you said, John. You know, might not seek results the first week or two when you're lifting weights. You're like, man, my body's sore. I don't see my body change. But one day you're going to wake up, and you're going to have that ripped six-pack because yeah. you kept showing up and you put the work in. Talk about the gym. I want to say hello to my friend Jimmy that made this chain. Everybody knows I wear it. It's on the Albanian emblem. And uh, he's a trainer with uh, with, with uh, jiu-jitsu boxing and everything. Yeah, Jimmy Sermo, yeah. So, and the rest of my friends up here. Uh, I want to say hello to you guys. I'll probably see some of you later on. Well, guys, thank you for coming Thanks, out. I everybody. appreciate it. Thank you, John. Thanks. Thank Thanks you, Steve. Okay. It's a pleasure, and thank you, guys. Guys, thanks, like, and subscribe, and um, I hope uh, you guys got some good content out of this one because uh, I got 
I got a lot out of this, and uh, I truly appreciate these guys coming in. Well, you can check me out on Sink or Swim, my podcast. But we're always we're going to be doing things together, so you guys check me out.